poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, 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 my friends, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. Today's Tuesday, which means it is quite the tactical day per usual. Um, John, welcome to the show per usual. Uh, we got a, we got a 500 zone, 500 zoom episode queued up today. Um, three hands with pocket aces where, uh, actually there's going to be a lot of common threads between these three aces. Um, I kind of get tricky with all three of them, I guess I check a street. Um, don't just go bet, bet, bet. Um, and yeah, I mean, kind of curious to see if you would have played these any differently or if I'm just getting too fancy. Okay. So aces, aces, and more aces. And we'll do one of these aces pre-break, two aces post-break. So let's dive into this pocket aces-themed episode of Tactical Tuesday. All right. Um, because this is zone or like fast fold mode whatever format um you guys are familiar with i don't have any information on the on my opponents um so just gonna assume for the most part that unless they use some weird sizing that they're just the a reg all right so everybody folds to the small blind who opens to three big blinds so 15 dollars. both john who's in the big blind and the small blind start with 100 big blinds so Blind versus blind, John has the aces. He goes ahead and three bets. Pretty good play, John. Pretty good play. Way to three bet with your with your aces. Well done. No mistakes so far. No, no mistakes so far. <laughs> this is why you're the master. Right. <laughs> um, small blind defends versus the three bet. And we get a flop of nine, six, three. Rainbow. There's a hundred dollars in the middle. Um, John has 450 behind. The small blind checks, and yeah, this just has to be a bet. <laughs> okay, so you disagree. First street, first hand, uh, where I actually have a decision. I think, I mean, I think the old self, my old self would have just started out with the C bet here with my entire rage. Aces certainly would be in that range. Mm-hmm. Um, again, maybe I'm just getting too trickier, but thought this was reasonable board to check back aces have them maybe bluff the turn with a hand that might not be able to call you know two c bets maybe not even one c bet depending on my my flop size or maybe a hand that just turns top pair and decides to start value betting or decides to bluff catch now that they have some real showdown um yeah maybe that's kind of what i I was hoping for i i think like it's i i think when you bet blind versus blind in this scenario like the hands that you're going to fold out are probably just overcards. Mm-hmm. Um, the offsuit variety, like I think that 75% of the suited variety just calls the flop C bet because they have mm-hmm. some form of backdoor um, flush draw as well as like mm-hmm. backdoor straight draw. So, I mean, I don't know. 
I would bet the flop, but I'm I'm here. I'm along for the ride with you. So I guess we'll we'll see what happens down the road. Yeah, overcards might improve to something that that is good enough to you know stab the turn. They might improve to something that might be good enough to check call two streets and and you know hopefully we can still get the money in at this SPR without too much trouble even with a with a street checking through. So yeah, the the downside is like that the hands like um you know while while the overcards have a chance to become top pair. The hands like uh, pocket fives, pocket fours have you know a chance for a, a turn over card that more know, demotion, more demotion. So there's this like some hands get promoted, some hands get demoted potentially. Uh, I also think like I mean I guess villain can start blasting turns and rivers, trying to fold out the like ace high in your range that checks back here in a three butt pot. But yeah, I'm hoping for that a little bit too. Yeah. Hey man, I'm capped. Please take advantage of me. Okay. So you check, turns the 10 of clubs. Uh, so now if villain bets big, you don't get to raise. So let's see what happens. Oh, villain bets small. I guess we have we have a follow-up question. Do you do you get to raise versus the small bet? <laughs> now that it is here, right? Um I yeah. I said yes. You said yes. I think there's enough. Yeah, I think there are enough draws, and you know, pair plus draws. This is just yeah. It's just kind of like a catastrophe to let them realize potentially let them realize a ton of equity with, uh, for such a small price. Um, I think again, I agree with you. I think if I'd face the big size, like seventy five percent plus, um, would just continue with the call with my aces. But facing this size, think that there's enough stuff that um, that he could be stabbing that would be willing to call a raise um you know i think we can definitely charge that range for charge that range more big blinds than than this uh seven big blinds tab here um i think also that we can start representing a few bluffs ourselves on this turn card like we could have ace high clubs that might have checked back the flop or just any club club hand that checks back the flop and now turns a flush draw I could have hands like king queen queen jack that um you know don't really have much going on on the flop but now have two overs and a gut shot or two overs and an open ender. So I thought that the, this kind of clubs plus the small size from the small blind were kind of good reasons to raise for lots of, uh, yeah, for a lot. There are a lot of good reasons to raise this turn, basically. Okay. I'm with you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, size? Uh, probably bigger than this. Um, yeah. So you choose to raise 3x, it looks like. I think probably, um, probably like three or four big blinds more, one thirty-five ish, something like that. Um, but you know, whatever. Kind of splitting hairs a little bit there as it relates to the size sizing difference. Villain yep. uh, goes ahead and calls. I guess. I guess one thing is like you, you know you're you're trying to wrap like queen jack, king jack, king queen. Um, oh. What's like. That small size, I guess, is the your sizing preference with flush draws and like gut shots and overs and those those categories of hands. Uh, I'm gonna be honest, I don't really have an answer for that because I'm getting to this spot very frequently. <laughs> so I don't know like what my sizing preference would be with those types of hands. I don't know. I, I might just like have this be my raise size for like all the hands that is that I decide to raise on the turn. I think that's just this is just what I would go with that for my yeah, like the, on the, turn. the the one thing about it for me is like it, it looks like it could be like mergy, mm -hmm. um, like 
Jack 10, Queen 10, King 10. Raising to like check back the river a lot. Yeah, and just get value right now from like villains pair plus draws and their flush draws yeah. and their straight yeah. draws and, and that sort of thing. And like the the problem with like going the mergy size is that, you know, villains can, you, you open the door to like bet three bet. And mm-hmm. I see, I see. That could, that could be somewhat catastrophic. Yeah. Um, so go a little larger, give off the impression that I'm going polar and then get that three bet less frequently, which is kind of good for us, right? It, it makes it so that we have less of a headache with hands like this or even hands like Jack 10. Yeah, you definitely don't want to get bet three bet like at, yeah. at a high frequency. Um, right. So they decide to call. So no harm, no foul. Uh, River is the tray of clubs. So now I guess you're down to repping straight draws. Straight draws. If, yeah. they, if they check and they do yeah. check. And here we are. Um, not my favorite river, not only because, you know, now they can have flushes, but like you said, it reduces a big region of our bluffing range or like perceived bluffing range. I would assume once backdoor clubs get there. Let me, let me go back for the podcast listener. Cause I don't even know if we've talked about the board in a while. Um, the flop was nine, six, three rainbow. The turn was the 10 of clubs, putting up a backdoor flush draw and the river was a tray of clubs. So it pairs the bottom card and completes the backdoor flush. Um, I think you probably don't have a choice. You just jam. Um, I don't see any other real option here with aces. Like they're gonna have flushes, but uh, the tray counterfeits like nine ten. Um, yeah, and good and bad river card. You have like a lot of you like. Okay, so I think that it's probably it's from villain's perspective. It seems to be more likely that you would have straight draws that raise the turn, um, like a, a number of straight draws instead of backdoor flush draws, because backdoor flush draws, you can start c-betting on the flop quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, you know, could potentially, the villain, villain could see that like, okay, like they're going to have backdoor straight draws here as well, like because king jack, queen jack, um, king queen, like they can check back the flop at, at a decent clip and then, you know, just raise a turn and basically have bluffs on the flush completers as well. So anyway, I think like you can get called by 10x hero. I would not yeah. really be like, it would actually shock me if 10x folded to a jam on the river. Yeah, me too. Like the 10x that, yeah, is strong enough to call a raise. So go ahead, jam, hopefully get called by some 10x and, and maybe we counterfeited some 10-9. Yeah. Whoa. And villain shows up with the queen nine of diamonds. So that's that's a hand. Um, good for them. <laughs> uh, so kind of going back to the flop, I'm just going to say it doesn't matter what you do in the flop. You're going to set queen nine here. Like <laughs> no, no matter if you bet the flop or check the flop when they flop. You think queen nine just there. goes call, call, call? I mean, this feels like more atrocious <laughs> if you're gonna call this lot like, call versus this line you probably just call three yeah, bets. you called versus flop check back turn raise river jam on the flush completer with second pair so i'm pretty sure that flopping top pair probably not going to be folding at any point in this hand hey maybe the flop check back just bamboozled him so <laughs> so hard that, that it caused this short circuit yeah yeah maybe, maybe that's what i'm gonna go with all right so john's gonna go with the bamboozle comment i'm i'm going with there's not a world where you don't stack this, this villain in this in this exact situation yeah. unless you do something like not raise the turn i guess that that would be the path to not not stacking them um okay well 
with hand number one in the books and one stack on John's side. Can't really say whether checking the flop or betting the flop was better. You still stacked them. So um, coming up, hands two and three where you have pocket aces again and again. Stick around after the break. Let's see if John screws anything up for what it's worth. I sure hope so. Never. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Free Flop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your pre-flop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your pre-flop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com bootcamp. Available now. In a world where a fish dog bets the flop and you don't know what to do, one man Coach Brad Wilson. has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds. Nuffle. Available now. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Nuffle. Rated R. 100 NL player, former Sergeant Elijah Shears. Before I got Nuffle, I had run into a lot of dock bets. And I think once you play a certain amount of hands, you know there's something wrong with our opponent's strategies, but you don't know how to play to maximize CP against it. And it's very frustrating. I looked at the document and I couldn't believe that I paid money for it. I actually doubted that it could provide value because it was so brief. But since then, it's repaid me just over and over and over again. And it's one of the most consistent moneymakers built into my strategy that sheds light on just how bad your opponents are. And it took me 20 minutes to perfect it. And it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm speechless. It's just that good. The simplicity of it is part of it being a masterpiece. <laughs> Nuffle. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash courses. All right. Welcome back from the break. Here we are sitting down on the button. Two aces. Pretty good scenario, I think. Just how we drew it up. Let's dive right into the action. John, you want to break it down for the listener and the viewer? Sure. Cut off open. Two and a half X. I three bet. Eight big blinds, $40. Both the blinds fold. Cut off calls. You go heads up in position to King Nine Deuce Rainbow. Got aces, so there aren't any bad flops, but this one is, I don't know. This one feels really good for some reason. Hopefully, he just has a king and you can just go, go for three streets versus King Queen or King Jack. That's kind of what I'm dreaming of right now. Yeah. It's a good dream. Cut off checks. It's a good dream. Yeah. So you start out with half start pot. Out with half pot here. So unlike the previous hand, you decided to bet the flop. Um in a half pot too. That's actually an interesting size yeah, sizing choice here. <clears throat> King nine yeah. I think um a big part of like my sizing here is that like I think there's just 
there's so many gut shots or all the gut shots are going to call half pot queen jack queen 10 jack 10 all the king x is definitely going to call half pot probably all the pocket pairs eh, maybe maybe like pocket pairs smaller than a nine start start folding so really like jacks and tens definitely calling half pot nine x definitely calling half pot so i feel like there's just so many hands that we can target now um yeah all the and, gut shots just yeah yeah lots the of gut them. shots are a big part of this mm -hmm. so um, you bet half villain calls turns a nine which hmm, not the greatest of cards not the worst of cards i guess i guess a king would be worse I was um I was planning on checking back the turn anyways quite a bit. Um I think we actually might have done a hand on Tactical Tuesday uh about a month ago where I did something similar except it was in a blind versus blind spot with aces um and just pick up the half pot value from a range that is going to be comprised of lots and lots of gut shots once all of those gut shots like brick or you know don't improve on the turn um give those hands a chance to bluff on the river. Um, so I was planning on checking back a lot anyways. I think once the board pairs with a nine, I'm like slightly more happy to check back. Um, just most of my value that have pots the flop. I would actually set so, the turn, I think. Oh, yeah, you would? Yeah, I think so. I think like I think the plan to like check back the turn is good. I think the nine just the nine is a really interesting card because when you check back on the nine, right? Like like the out of position villain is going to recognize, or, or like if they're a thinking reg, they're going to recognize that like you're you're probably checking back this nine with like a lot of your king x, possibly mm -hmm. aces, like ace king king queen, like yep. your your the top pair region is going to check back quite often, yeah. and because this card forces your top pair region to check back quite often, I don't know if you capture a ton of river bluffs, and I also kind of wonder if betting small on the turn can induce um when they have their like gut shots or backdoor flush draw type hands because right. you know like that the nine pairing is you know essentially should should be pretty good for their range and so they have incentive to check raise with like queen jack queen 10 uh, jack 10 yeah i really i really like that i think okay so let me just like backtrack and try to um rephrase what you just said so this nine Pairing on the turn is a very natural card for my value range that have pots of flop to check back on the turn. All my aces, all my king x likely checks back this turn. And because of that, it's much less likely that the queen jacks, the jack tens, and queen tens bluff the river because I just have so much top air plus that it's just a snap call facing facing a river probe from, from cutoff. On top of that, if we bet because so much of my range is expected to check back or because all my range is just expected to check back on this um on this nine if i bet small it almost looks suspicious that like hey maybe like i just have way too many bluffs you know in the spot and i'm just going crazy with yeah, you know just range betting the flop and betting the turn because i have nothing and that might actually induce a raise from hands that can't call a big bet and hands that might not bluff the river once the turn goes check check those those gut shots namely yeah and i i think like it could also be seen like when you bet small on the turn that you know you're like kind of betting the turn to check back the river like yeah. fairly regularly too with like some sort of like top air we kicker type hand trying to get value right. from um, right. like gut shots or backdoor flush draws or whatever. So yeah, essentially, maybe uh, I, yeah, and you so I was gonna say maybe I have king queen and I don't want to face a jam on the river, right? You know, for river probe size, and so I'm just gonna bet small here and try to try to check it back. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Those are my right. thoughts. Yeah. I like right. I like I like betting here now too. 
I, I, I really like the thing about like one of my favorite parts of your analysis is just like it's so unbelievable that I would have a value hand that like puts this turn that they might start just like short circuiting and spazzing out with you know with like lower equity draws or whatever draws that what whatever draws that they do have. Um, I that I think that's something that would that I would think about if I was in the cutoff. I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa! How can this guy be betting this turn? Like, what is he saying? He has pocket kings, like. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, suited, so, yeah, 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 exactly. It's like suddenly it just feels like their value range just has to be so narrow that they have to be over bluffing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I check back. <laughs> Ooh, the 10 of spades. That's a, that's a, that's a card. Um, so you should be really hoping villain checks. Yep. That's the first thing I'm praying for. Yes. Um, these like gut shot fillers are either like really, really good or really, really bad, right? Either they yeah. made second pair with Jack 10 and Queen 10, or they have a straight now with Queen Jack or a boat with pocket 10. Yeah. There's 172 in the middle. Villain has uh, 417 left. And Villain, mercifully for John, Sanity decides to check the 10 river. Um, Man, this is. This oh, we have a really easy decision, right? Um, Are you just going to stick it in? Yeah. I, I mean, just hope that they have 10x now that just might call this jam hopefully all the king x calls the jam and hopefully they bet the river with everything better than aces okay so there you go john goes for it with the 420 targeting king x and 10x late night special villain calls <laughs> with whew, two sevens that's a spicy that's a spicy meatball call holy cow man that is Two hands in a row where we got called lighter than the hands that I was actually targeting. Yeah. Well, having aces is good, folks. That should be the <laughs> yeah. the, the, the lesson. Um, when you have aces, it, it's a good. It tends to tends to be good situations. Wow. Uh, so final board there was king nine nine deuce ten. Um, Dylan called John's overbet uh, river overbet with sevens. So I guess they were. Really, really hoping John had ace queen and or ace jack. All right. So grand finale hand. Um John has aces. Surprise, surprise. Um looks like he's playing five-handed. The hijack opens to minimum. The button three bets to thirty-five dollars. Uh John has a hundred bigs and everybody's got him covered. So John cold fours to 105, so 21 big blinds. Hijack folds and button gives it the old college call. So ace of clubs. Button seems like a reg for sure so far. Um, the min open, seven big blind, three bet. I think those are like, or sorry, the seven big blind, three bet facing the min open seems very, very reg sizing. So I'm going to give him as much credit as I, as I can, given mm -hmm. what we know so far. Yeah. So flop is jack seven deuce with the jack deuce of hearts. John's got the black aces. Um, I think here, like here you could check. I think checking might be okay. I think betting might be okay. Like, but I really don't have like a strong preference either way. Um, and I think checking, checking feels pretty good. Yeah. I mentioned that the button that I think the button is regged mostly. So to kind of get to the point where I can start analyzing what his range is when he gets to when he gets to this flop, and I think it's just going to be a lot of pocket pairs and a lot of suited broadways mm -hmm. um, that aren't, you know, it's going to be like ace queen suited, king queen suited, that type of range, maybe ace jack suited. Um, 
and some of the time he's going to have a set here with like pocket sevens and pocket jacks. Sure. Um, but anyways, that's sort of the range that I think that I'm playing against. And I think that range, like you said, really struggles to figure out like what hands to bluff catch with facing a check on the flop. Like all those pocket pairs are just yeah. barring like an ace or a king on the turn, something like that. They're just really just in guessing land, I think. Um, and then maybe the the unimproved overs decide to take a shot somewhere and start bluffing, or maybe they even like like I always say, make top pair somewhere down the road and decide to bluff catch your value bit. Yeah, and they probably have like six, seven suited or seven, eight suited as well. So some like middle mm-hmm. pair that you can also downstream yeah. target. Um, so two twenty five in the pot. John's got four thirteen. So you know SPRs pretty low, yep. less than two already. So the money can go in whenever the money wants to go in. Uh, turn is the four of hearts. Turn is the four of hearts. Now that's an interesting turn card. So the flush completer. John does not have a heart. Um, hmm. Kind of feel like checking the turn might be pretty good too. The only thing that I didn't like about checking the turn was giving all their pocket pairs with a heart, just like a you know, really easy check back, I think. And then they get to play really well on rivers, and I'm sort of guessing on rivers. Um, I also think all those pocket pairs with a heart are very likely to call a turn bet once I start out with a flop check and just like be like, I don't know, this guy could have ace five, you could have ace king, you could just, you know, have some sort of one heart hands, like you know, ace queen with a heart or something like that. Um, e- button probably doesn't have very many offsuit ASX hands or offsuit one heart hands, so don't really need to worry about protection versus that range. I think hands like you know ace queen offsuit and stuff like that generally just do a lot of folding facing the cold four. Ace king with a heart probably just jams free flop a lot of the time, so don't really have to worry about that that part of his range. So I just really wanted to bet here mostly to target the pocket pairs, pocket pairs with a heart definitely. Yeah, I think like one thing that we've kind of seen. And I think we experience like somewhat regularly are, you know, just going back to hand number one in this episode, right? The queen nine um, on nine, six tray, just bet the turn. That was a 10 of clubs. I think mm-hmm. that like hands like eights and nines and tens just can't help themselves for whatever reason and will stab the turn um, instead of just like checking back to overrealize. Um so like that's that's sort of like the the push and pull from from my perspective is is like those hands you're you're right they they'll call a bet I think they'll also like bet themselves um, at some frequency and I I also wonder too of of like you know our ace king offs with the uh, with a heart that may just like barrel the turn like does it really need to barrel ace king with a heart like sh- should ace king with a heart bet the turn on this flush completer I don't know that it should or I don't know that it does but you, you see what I'm saying? Like it, so yeah. The the, the yeah, bluff yeah, yeah. hands that you're trying to rep, I don't know if your actions are actually repping those those hands in reality. That's my that's my concern. Okay, maybe I'm just repping black ace king then. <laughs> yeah, a- ace king, or, ace not queen. by black ace queen. Sorry, that's right, like right. There's some some like or black king queen, right? <laughs> just uh, some. Yeah, that's a better one. Yeah. All right. Um. Okay. So like. Let's let's just assume that the, that those hands, those pocket pairs, do bet the turn if we check to them, and they also call a bet if we bet if we yeah. bet the turn. How like what's the best way to get the money in versus that range then? 
that would be my next question. Mm. Like, should we just go bet bet and hope that they call a turn bet and a river bet, or do we check the turn and hope they call a check raise on the turn? I or... think, yeah, I think like check raising the turn has to be has to okay. be the way when you do face a bet. And then if the turn okay. checks through, then I think you jam the river like that. Uh, that I I think would be my strategy if I check the turn would be like okay, okay. so when when they bet, I'm gonna check jam and then like you know, tens and nines hands that are like, ah, well, like now at, at this point, like when you face a bet on the turn and you jam, I, I think like repping ace king with a heart becomes like way more viable. A little bit more credible. Yeah. Um, like, Hey, I was checking. Cause I have a little bit of showdown and I only fold out worse when I'm bluffing. Oh, but once you stab shoot, I need to fold out some of those hands hopefully. And yeah, yeah. I have some equity. So here we go. And I think their bet is typically small as well. So then there's also that extra seed of like induction that's planted in their mind when they bet small in the turn they're like ah oh, did i just induce this did i just make this happen yeah, yeah. well i have a heart with my with my pair so like sure worst case scenario i still have like some equity here um and they sure. can talk themselves into calling um yeah but again i don't think like i i would personally check the turn but i, I don't think betting the turn can be like super yeah. bad i was planning on going bet bet I actually bet pretty big on the turn too yeah. thinking that like all those pocket pairs are going to call yeah, this size pot. even i think yeah Yep, I agree. And you get whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, wow, that is now I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, that is strange. So the board was Jack Seven Deuce. The flop was Jack Seven Deuce with the Jack Deuce of Hearts. The turn is a four of Hearts. John bets one eleven on the turn and gets jammed on. Wow. You only have 15 seconds in real life to to come yeah. with an answer. That's that's pretty brutal, because I'm I'm about nine seconds in and I don't know what to do. I like this was like not even like part of one of the outcomes that I ever imagined happening. That like I would bet this turn and get raised. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was flabbergasted. Yeah, I was I was bamboozled this time. Uh, um, so I guess let's think about this like logically right so you know that the four improves some portion of their range i guess that like i guess what portion of their range does the four improve is the first question um probably it doesn't seem like any portion would be the four or the heart the, the four specifically and i guess the the heart the <clears> heart <throat> as well right like so you know villain could have like seven eight of hearts and so the four like that that hand probably makes some sense checking back the flop um, and then jamming the turn on the four of hearts. So like some like kind of pair plus flush draw that check back the flop. Um, Six, seven of hearts, seven, eight of hearts, two, two natural ones. I think also <clears throat> pocket jacks and pocket sevens fit the bill where mm -hmm. they could check back and then find turn jams. One thing that I'm like struggling with is figuring out like what, the low equity jams like where they come from because they need to have like ace queen Air. off with a heart to jam and then like what are they trying to do when they have ace queen off with the ace of hearts like maybe king i mean the king queen, they just like, shouldn't have those off they shouldn't have the offsuit combos like in their range right so like that that that's the part that's like and if they only have suited hands then like they're probably not just jamming ace queen of clubs here on the turn right like that, that doesn't really yeah make a lot of sense or i guess you have the ace of clubs so ace queen of diamonds um 
that's that's available. Like maybe they can jam Ace Jack for value or Queen Jack or King Jack. <sighs> you need twenty nine percent equity to call. Um, I I mean my my first gut instinct was to fold, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they could have like eights with a heart. I don't even know what that is. If that's doing? a bluff or like a like, value bet, but. Yeah. I mean, like some like mergy mergy jam yeah. like yeah, that. I mean yeah, that, that's yeah, the exactly. hope. The, the hope is that they have a mergy jam, right? A mergy like jam, yeah, yeah. That's what you're hoping for. I just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they do. Again, like it kind of goes back to my my point about like people just kind of like placing bets to place bets without really knowing exactly what they're doing. But, yeah, this feels like a. I don't know if this is a mergey jam or a protection jam or what this guy was doing, but it was a pocket pair. Yeah, I'm guessing you didn't fold. <laughs> no, I didn't. Black tins they jammed. Right. Trying to get called by Ace King, Ace of Hearts, Ace Queen, Ace of Hearts, something like that. Man, people, people crazy. People be crazy. Good thing you didn't fold. What on earth? I know. Flop check, short short circuit. It, it's a hand that like feels so bizarre that it makes me feel like maybe the button knows something that I don't know. Like, <laughs> like it, it just feels like so weird that like I mean maybe the button that the I guess the easiest answer would be that the, the button is you know a, a white belt right that they're they're a rec player who. Yeah, thinks, thinks that, that I'm like under checking the flop and overstabbing the turn. Once the yeah, they're like, oh, he's got a flush draw. I gotta gotta like protect against the flush yeah, draw. Yeah, that, yeah. that 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 to me feels like the the rationale and potentially that this villain is uh, is the white belt profile more than the reg profile because this doesn't really uh, doesn't compute for me um, with the reg profile. Yep, me neither. But I'm glad I checked the flop. It's probably hard to stack him. Yeah, again, I think if you check yeah, the turn, right. you, you probably just check jam and they call all in the tins. <laughs> yeah, this guy, yeah, he might just put it all in himself <laughs> yeah. after I check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, some oddly played hands by villain and some, I guess, tricky played hands by you with aces culminated in yeah. stacking a, a bunch of bunch of pocket pairs and, pocket pairs and queen nine. second pair, queen nine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well... Good hands. That's um, how you do it. That's how you do it. Just keep on stacking villains again and again and again. Well, that's going to be it for this week's episode of Tactical Tuesday. Thank you for listening, and I got nothing left for you. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter, join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast. Are you a lone wolf searching for the ultimate pack? 
The CPG Wolf Program is a close-knit brotherhood hell-bent on one thing only, chasing poker greatness. Powered by bleeding-edge wolf strats and led by Coach Brad and his lieutenants, CPG Wolves are systematically prepared for almost any spot they'll encounter on the green felt. If you want to plug into an elite team and have a step-by-step -step game plan to realize your full poker potential, you can apply at cpgwolves.com. Space is limited, and the pack is only as strong as its weakest member. So only the hungriest, grittiest, and most driven will be accepted into the program. Applications are open at cpgwolves.com.